Young people might be on their phones more than ever before, but they're not reading news, and only a very small amount of you would prefer an actual journalist editing what you see instead of AI, which is super for a journalist with a mortgage to pay to hear. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Sean Defoe here. And if you like Let Me Explain, please do share the good word with your friends and your family and whoever else. Don't forget to leave a review and to subscribe so that you get updates whenever we have a new episode out. And we're going to have a few more episodes than usual coming over the next while. So do stay tuned due to popular demand, as they say. This week, we have got the latest annual digital news report. It's a piece of research done by Reuters every year for the last while. It is the largest ongoing news consumption study in the world and is done across 46 countries including Ireland for the last nine years and what it does it looks at how people are consuming news both across different platforms different ages different media types and what kind of information people are interested in particularly interesting for me obviously as someone who works in the media and who does his best but obviously we are in a world of misinformation and seeing huge change for how we consume media so here's how the news stands in 2023 This report shows that about half the country is extremely interested in or very interested in the news, down a bit on the previous year. But there are huge differences in the age brackets. If you ask the over 65s, for example, 69% of them are very into the news. Nice number. But there is a rapid fall off among the 18 to 24 year olds, with just 28% of them having that same level of interest. And my first thought there was it's a little bit natural. You get more interested in the news as you get a bit older. But the figure for 2016 for 18 to 24 year olds was 53% extremely or very interested in news. So, in the course of about seven years, that's about a halving of serious news interest from the under 25s. And for me, that's particularly interesting because it just about spans the amount of time since I got my first full-time journalism gig. So in the span of my career, interest in news from young people has dropped significantly and obviously there's an easy out to say, it's my fault, blame me here. What are you going to do? The standard of a journalist these days significantly falling. But when you consider what's happened in that time, like I've always thought 2016 was slightly transformational. It was the first steps out of the Great Recession into Brexit, into Trump getting elected, into a severe drop-off in expected living standards for young people, the first generation to be worse off than their parents, into COVID, into the war in Ukraine. So it's interesting that rather than going the other way and getting like hyper-involved in the news and maybe driving change, instead people seem to be just tuning it out a bit. And this touches on a theme of the report which is called news avoidance the amount of people tuning out all or certain parts of the news here's Kirsty park she's a postdoctoral researcher at my alma mater dcu and the future of media institute so what we can kind of see there is that there was a covid bump in interest in news but if we look at this compared with even 2017 we can see that there's really been kind of a sustained decline in interest in news. Um, And that is something that we perhaps need to be a little concerned about, particularly if that trend continues. Closely tied into that too is the idea of news avoidance. So when we asked people how often they avoid news, what we see is that um, there has been a Overall, the amount of people avoiding the news has stayed the same. So as you can see, 29% last year said they never avoid news and 28% said the same this year. But what we have seen is that people are still avoiding it just less frequently. So 
Those who say they occasionally avoid the news has jumped from 27 to 34%. And those who say they often or sometimes do has fallen to 34%. Um, And this is a pattern that we really can see in most areas. So in the UK too, overall a similar number of people saying that they avoid news, but those who occasionally avoid has grown and the same with um, the US as well. So again, just something to kind of keep an eye on and that there seems to still be quite a strong um, amount of people avoiding news, but perhaps not as extreme as it was last year. And tied into this too, so we also asked people what topics of news do they tend to avoid. And interestingly, we can see some clear differences. So the war in Ukraine is the number one topic that people avoid, with 41% saying that they do, followed by 32% saying that they avoid social justice news and 29% saying entertainment and celebrity news. Um, And it's an interesting question here around how can we get people more engaged with news again? How can we lessen news avoidance? And looking at the topics that are covered and that show up a lot in news may be one way of um, addressing those issues. I I think that's really fascinating. Like tuning out Ukraine, I understand a bit. It's hard to keep up interest in an ongoing war relatively far away, even though some of the big issues are still impacting us today. That social justice issues were second is really interesting. So stories about LGBTQ rights, race, gender equality, all of which are hot button topics online and in quite a lot of the media are being avoided by a relatively large section of people. And some people are going further than that again. Here is Dr. Richard Fletcher from the Reuters Institute. One of the things we did in the international report was look at the difference between what we called periodic news avoidance and selective news avoidance. So we sort of found a, a sort of distinction between those people who uh, say that uh, they, they're essentially trying to cut news out entirely. Uh, if it comes on the TV, they'll change channel. If they see it on social media, they'll scroll past it. So these are the, the periodic news avoiders. And typically, these are people who have some lower levels of interest uh, in news to begin with. And we can contrast that with selective news avoiders who have much higher levels of interest in the news and are, and are sort of quite heavy news consumers in some way, but are perhaps avoiding certain topics, uh, certain aspects of coverage that they don't like. So we thought that was a sort of an interesting sort of distinction to highlight because I think news avoidance sort of, you know, uh, news organizations, sorry, you know, depending on their audience, you know, they need different approaches to tackle those two different types of, of news avoidance. And I've had first-hand experience of news avoidance. I remember during the pandemic, a friend of mine from school messaged to say, you know, hope all is well, congrats on the coverage, but just to let you know, I'm unfollowing you. And it's nothing to do with you personally, that's why I'm messaging, I just need a bit of a mental break from the news and everything going on at the minute. And I thought, well, that's kind of totally understandable, particularly during COVID. One of the hardest things for me about the pandemic was there was no off switch. I had to be on top of it all day, every day, every variant, every lockdown, all the the crap parts of those two years because it was so important, not only for my job, but for the people who had a genuine demand, people whose lives were being governed by these restrictions that were coming in and out. And we had many discussions in our newsroom about making sure that we had other news going on on the day, trying not to totally overwhelm people with COVID, as hard a task as that was. But back to avoidance. I mean, social justice issues, they're all over the media at the moment. So it's really interesting that they are the second most avoided. And I wonder some of that people not wanting to express an opinion or engage for fear of getting cancelled online. And now 
with overstretched production teams and many media outlets sometimes, you know, they let Twitter in particular lead the direction of coverage, something that we might need to be careful of given those commenting online are actually a very small minority, according to the lead researcher on this paper, Colleen Murrell. We have an essay in the report by Dawn Wheatley, which examines how online engagement is falling away in terms of commenting or posting on news online. So the great kind of, you know, reach out for democracy that online was meant to bring us hasn't necessarily happened. There's a lot of anger and intimidation out there on social media websites, and therefore people are now less willing to put themselves out there. It's not that they're not reading, they are, but just I think it's only 7% are actually doing the commenting here in Ireland. Where people are getting their news, also interesting and generational. Overall, 32% from TV, 32% online, 20% social media. More older people from TV, radio, newspapers. More younger people online and increasingly from social media. Here's Kirsty Park again. And if we know that social media is a big um, source of news, particularly the main source of news for younger people, um, it can be interesting to see here what are the main social media sources that people are using. Facebook is still top. It's gone down from 39% in 2020, but still significantly at the top at 30%, followed by WhatsApp, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And I think perhaps the most interesting story here is TikTok, which in the span of four years has gone from 2% of people saying they use it for news to 9%. So it'll be interesting too to see does that continue to grow and how much can it grow in this list of really things that have been around quite a bit longer. Trust in news has fallen, but it had seen a big jump during the pandemic. So it's kind of coming back to the norm with 47% of people agreeing that they can trust most news most of the time. Interestingly, Ireland is more worried about fake news than most other countries. Two thirds of us worried compared to one in two across Europe. We're closer to the UK and the US in that category. Perhaps no surprise given our links to the two. Trust in big news brands is pretty good. News talking today FM at 64% in that respect with the two sharing a newsroom. The highest was RTE at 71%. Interestingly, among the frequency of use bans for all major outlets, all of them are down since 2017, with the exception of News Talk, which it held steady in Virgin Media, which is slightly up in that time frame. The section, though, I know you've all been waiting for. Podcasts. Well, the Irish love podcasts. More than a lot of other countries, it seems. 44% saying they had listened to one in the last month compared to just 30% in the UK, for example. When it comes to money, the number of Irish people paying for a new subscription is slightly down to about 15%. So on EU average there, some of that may be due to the cost of living crisis. Irish Times and the Irish Independent are the most popular among those who do have a subscription. And after that, actually, it's mostly outlets from abroad, the next most popular in order, The Guardian and The New York Times, which are tied to The Sunday Times and The Telegraph. Top reason given from people to say they would get a subscription if, you know, what would encourage you to get a new news subscription? And it was price, if they were a little bit cheaper. Though the group news editor at Media House, the Irish Independence publisher, Kevin Doyle, says they are really quite competitive on price. There's no point in going back over the past, but there was a terrible mistake made once upon a time where somebody decided that news was worthless. Um, And that has set in people's minds. So I kind of not laugh when Colin says, you know, the big reason people would give for subscribing would be if it was cheaper. The offers in the Irish newspaper, online digital offerings are so cheap. 
like dirt cheap yeah. to be honest yeah. if you break them down over a year um and so when people say it'd be cheaper i don't know how it could be cheaper than it is at the moment to be honest and that's because we need to get the people in yeah. and then hopefully you get used to subscribing and you can you can build i suppose what people are willing to take from because they see the value one last stat which really jumped out at me only 25 percent of people believe it's better to have a human editor or journalist curate what they consume with 31% preferring news selected by an algorithm or AI. So the news when you go into Google on your phone, for example, stories picked for you based on your browsing history, which I guess makes sense. I mean, it is more personalised. And if you scroll down a news app, there might be quite a few stories you have no interest in. But is AI going to show you anything outside of your comfort zone? Probably not. And that was reflected in a follow-up question, 53% agreeing they may miss important news by having AI over human content curation and 51% saying they were concerned about encountering only their own viewpoints online. So look, it is an interesting piece of work overall. I think it puts up some real questions to the news industry about where people are consuming news, why they don't want to pay for it, and maybe how we go about things too. But um, fair to say there aren't solutions for everything. If, you know, if for example, people are switching off social justice issues, do we just not talk about them? Talk about them less? I mean, that doesn't necessarily seem right either when they can affect and be important to so many lives. So it's an interesting time to be in the media at the moment. And as ever... Adapt or die. This week's show presented and produced by Sean Defoe with Lock and Heart on Sound. I will chat to you next week.